Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Graham, Andrew, and guest on the show today, Jamie, for the first time. Jamie, how are you doing, mate? Okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. You? Good stuff, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Um, so we'll just go through the weekly news then, and, um, and then we'll get to the Southampton game a little bit later on. So just want to start off with the Everton women's team. Um, obviously, they won 3-0 in the Merseyside derby, so congratulations to them. That's exactly what we want to see. Lovely stuff. That was at Anfield as well, by the way. So, yeah, what a win that was. Um, special shout-out to Jess Park as well, because for her goal, did you see her goal? It was unbelievable. Um, the way she took it just around the, co- around the keeper, it just the composure was, was really nice. So, yeah, really good game for her. Um, that was her first Women's Super League goal, and she also got the player of the match performance and also earned herself a first senior Lionesses call-up as well. So, yeah, congratulations, Jess. Great game. Um yeah, does anyone want to touch on the the women's performance there at Anfield three 0 Well, I, I I didn't watch it. Um, unfortunately, um, looked at. But one thing I will say from watching the highlights, um, girls' games leveling up, uh, absolutely brilliant. So, so, so some of the some of those movements, you know, there's a lot of guys could be watching that game and uh, you could really take something from it because just. They, they just play with no fear, it looked like. It really did. Um, listen to match reactions and everything from that. And uh, they were just saying, even the fans in the stadium were fantastic. The Just the flow of football and the energy and, and the way that they played in the 3-4-3. Um, unfortunately, it didn't do me homework enough, you know, uh, but they, t- they took one of the centre halves and they went feeding them. Apparently, she dictated the game. Um, so absolutely brilliant. Fair play to them. And Jess Park... Um, I believe she's on loan from Man City. Uh, England ladies has, has been through a lot this last uh, two years. They got all a lot of investment put in. Went through as many managers as Watford, if not more. Um, so it's brilliant now that they seem to have found a formula and, and that it's working and it's paying dividends. Yeah, definitely, mate. Couldn't agree more there. Um, Andrew, do you want to just touch on the, the Everton ladies and... Um... I mean, we come on, 3-0 at Anfield, it, it deserves a special shout-out. Like, I'll keep saying it because it doesn't happen often to Everton to win 3-0 at Anfield, but, you know, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a win that is. Yeah, no, I, it's, I think the great thing is it's one organization. So any visibility for Everton across the board, be it the academy, the women's game, the men's first team, whatever, Loney's even, it's all Everton. So 100%. the more, the better. Yeah, big time, mate. Couldn't agree more there. Jamie, um, do you... Um, are you up to date with any of the women's stuff, mate? And um, you know, just gonna have a little uh, touch on that, mate. Yeah, just what the lads said, really. Um, as long as it's Everton, it's it's all right, isn't it? So yeah, anytime we get a chance to do give give them one, it's it's well better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, mate. Um, Couldn't have put it better. Yeah. Um, also, just staying with the women's game, Tony Duggan has confirmed that she's um, expecting a baby, which is really nice. So congratulations to her. Um, she'll be supported by the Evans medical staff in the coming months yeah. as she continues light training, but she won't feature in any of the fixtures for the remainder of the season. So, yeah, congratulations, Tony. Um, just just as well on that, I think yeah, it's worth noting as well. You know, there's a lot of ladies' game gets a lot of grief and you know stuff like this from narrow-minded football fans and stuff. But you know what? That that is a prime example of the sacrifice that some of these ladies have to make. Yeah, you know that they. they they actually have to sacrifice more than just 
their Christmas or sorry, yeah, their Christmas nights and uh, the old Rio Ferdinand, you know, that old tweet where he's talking about uh, you guys are all enjoying New Year's Eve while we have to go to bed for 11. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's, there's ladies constantly competing against people who think they don't belong in a game. Now, not the majority, but there is a minority. And if, if, if you're naive enough to, to think that there isn't, um, I'd love to live in your world. But I, I just think it's absolutely fantastic for, uh, for, for Tony Duggan. But, you know, uh, they have the sabbatical and stuff. But, you know, it just it's, it just underlines more sacrifice that, that these ladies ha- have in front of them. And just uh, you can't be happier for her. And, and you, I, I really hope this highlights as well in the respect. And, and, and also just to go back on it too, for that attendance that seemed to be at Anfield for that game, that's what people want for the Super League because we talk about the team leveling up. If, if the crowds can level up, if, if you're a fan of football, you're a fan of football. It doesn't who's playing it, you know what I mean? But uh, just just as a whole, that whole bubble that, that just happened with, with the Everton ladies this week or the better put with Everton this week, it, it, again, it just shines a light on it and hopefully people realize that there's more sacrifices there and there's more hardships. And uh, for me to be... For me to even try to assume what they go through uh, isn't right, so fair play. Yeah, well played, mate. Well said there. Um, yeah, so we'll just move on to um, some other stuff then. So obviously we've seen last last week, you know, Rafa Benitez coming out and running his mouth. And, you know, t- towards the end of last week, it was Ronald Koeman. So, I mean, what what, what was going on with the managers last week? I don't know, but he, he basically said that... Um, he took us to sixth, which was our first, our best finish in the last fifty years. Apparently, he said. Um, <laughs> I didn't see the interview myself, like, but you know, how can how obnoxious can you be there, like? So, Andrew Ronald Koeman, mate, he's he's a bit of a bellend, isn't he? Uh, yeah, thankfully before my time, um, the man has a rather singular arrogance. Um, it's kind of impressive, honestly. What was the thing he said? Uh, Barcelona has a future because of me. Yeah, uh, cut to I don't know. Seventeen minutes later, he was sacked. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> the man has a very high opinion of himself and a yeah. complete lack of self awareness. It is what it is. Um, so we've got what Rafa Kuman. What uh, we got Allardyce coming up next week. Can't wait yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, great. Do you want to just touch on Kuman, mate? I mean, what, how? I mean, it's not hard to get your facts right, is it? Because we finished seventh that season, not sixth. Yeah. Well, not to not to be uh, not to be a, a wanker, John, but uh, you said fifty years. He did say fifteen years, but you know, what was it? Fifteen? Right. He said, was it? Yeah, yeah see. Yeah. No, it'd be I'm good just... to get your facts right, mate. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. I had to go there. That's but, me uh, retiring from podcast forever. I, I, <laughs> I'm just looking at my notes here, and beside Coleman, I, I just wrote. Uh, I can't. Don't think I can say that word on on a podcast. Actually, it begins with N. And ends with ons but um <laughs> ultimately look just uh, the echo what andrew said there andrew andrew basically closed the com- conversation the man's arrogance no knows no bounds so we've seen that with his team selections we've seen that with the state of football we've seen the fact that he would rather go uh it'd rather go cycling than actually worry about what's going on at the pitch transfer deadline days he was nowhere to be seen um yeah, it's, it's just a prime example of it's not my fault. You know, he's 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 like the arsonist standing, standing with the matches and 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 tank of petrol. Do you know what I mean? He's just, he's just an arsehole, isn't he? Really? 
yes, you were a fantastic centre half with 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 a with a fantastic free kick. But you know what? That does not translate over. There's a there's a prime. What am I trying? Basically, what I'm trying to say is. He's a you guy who as just, a manager as well as prove yourself as a player. He, you know what he's like? He's like a politician. He can just mm. lie about things and spit facts and just yeah. know by the time someone actually fact checks him, he's on to the next lie. And he's nearly built his career over being this young, exciting manager as, as he came through. He's got sacked for horrendous runs through his entire career. So, no, I'll be honest, I never wanted Cumin. He never was someone that I entertained. I thought, when we got this money, why are we going for Southampton's manager that finished seventh or eighth? See, I haven't checked my facts too, so I'm a wink or two. But, you know... There you go. That's not often he admits it, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll say it this once. But what what ultimately I'm saying is just that... He's just, he's, he's just horrible. And it's clear now the fact that he's sitting... He's away from Barcelona. If he's speaking to Sky News in this in this capacity he wants to come back to the Premier League because there's even more money there and that's why he's blaming Everton and that's why he'll blame everybody else he'll blame the Dutch FA or Dutch or he'll, he'll blame Everton he'll blame Barcelona and you know he's it's just a quilt isn't he yeah it's the, the thing where like there's that expression if those who can't do teach some people can do can't teach some people can do both and that's pretty rare but I remember yeah. there's a fight podcast to listen to they talk about this a lot where athletes transitioning to coaching mm. babe ruth tried coaching and was awful at it and yep. he was just like i don't know why these assholes don't just hit more home runs like that's what i would do it's like no yeah. man you gotta like help them and that's where we're at with kuman um my friends described it he was a titan as a player but it just he's not willing to humble himself and learn what he needs to learn to get better like frank is doing now we're mm. seeing that all the time Frank's not where he needs to be yet, but he's taken it step by step and willing to grow and take feedback. Yeah. yeah. They actually, Andrew, just, just on that, and I was going to actually touch, but you did there on Lampard, brilliant, because that was one of my concerns with it, because Glenn Hoddle famously failed the coaching because he would be like, what do you mean? Like, play that ball in again, and he would hit the ball in a half turn on the volley into the top corner three or four times. And anyway, <laughs> they always say Glenn Hoddle actually never grasp the realism that not every player can take a ball and finish the way Glenn Hoddle does. Glenn Hoddle yeah. was a world-class footballer in his time, mm. you know? So just, just on that fantastic point, Andrew, and great analogy. Yep. Uh, Jamie, what did you make of uh, Cumin's time, Ethan Evan? And I, I, should, should we be looking at Sky, more importantly, for giving them these interviews? Um, I found him, I found it quite funny, to be honest, when he came out and said, I've done this and I've done that. I got them this and that. Yeah, you yep. also bought Cuco Martinez at the club with David Classen. So he, he sort of picked on <laughs> he also yeah. he sort of picked on the points that he thought as a as a lad said, you know, his confidence has no bounds. But what about the stuff that he didn't do? What about the fact that he left us in the bottom three? What about, you know, yeah. what about all of the really you were the start of all this, you know, you were the start of the reason we had to bring Damari Gray in and Andos Towns in because you Blue money up the wall, walked yep. away and went, Oh, yeah, happy days. I'll go to Holland. And as as Graham said, he's now come back and gone, Well, it can't look like it was me, so I'll point the finger. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, he, he I think as well, when he came in, like he he didn't want to uh, work with the director of football who was mm -hmm. landed on him. 
and you clearly yeah. seen from there that there was a, a conflict of interests in terms of who they were bringing in, which also which explains the number tens. You had the club buying Rooney, you had Cumin uh, buying that, and and then Sigerson got no. There was there was just too many coming in, so the, already there there must have been resistance. Obviously, I don't know that by fact, but if you look at us. You, you look at anything and see what it is. You could look at a lamp and say that's a lamp, you know. But he's he's basically just. I, I don't want to be ignorant and say that sort of Dutch defiance, like. But it's just he has such a this persona about him that it's just I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it worked as well when he first come. It, it's also worked because we had the Mister Nice guy and Roberto Martinez that everyone was like, oh, and then we had this man come in and it was like. I'm the man, I'm yeah. that, yeah. And we always like, all oh, right, this is what we've needed. And then he went so over the top with it. It was like Donald McCarvel Lewin playing at right wing back against Newcastle. Oh, and it was just like, yeah. what are you doing? You know, I'm yeah. the man, I, I can do this, I'm the man. And I think that was his, his ultimate, ultimately his downfall. There was no, well, this isn't working, let's change it. Like, yeah. like, like Frank has done when he first came in. Yeah, and I, I think too as well, around... We'll not know until Barkley's career is finished, but you know that one of the worst kept secrets at Everton is that Barkley and Cooman clashed, and it was never the same. Yeah. After you know, regardless, and I'm not saying Barkley is innocent in any of his actions, but they reckon it was that relationship broke down, and uh, that was the beginnings of, of what happened, which done Everton out of a lot of money and has ended in Ross Barkley. Not being wanted to be seen even wearing a blue jacket or a pair of jeans ever again in Liverpool. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. I mean, prior to the 17-18 season, Cumin was given the largest, you know, budget in our history up until that point, um, and he spent 150 million pounds on new players in in that particular season, and didn't replace Lukaku. Who had just left the season the season before. Like um, he said, he failed to get Giroud, but. At the same time, you know, 150 million and not get a striker was just ridiculous. Um, I mean, you, you can say that we're still paying for it now. Do you know what I mean? Calvert Lewin has been, you know, forced, you know, to play and, and come back from injuries that he shouldn't have because we should have all the players lined yeah. up. And, you know, it's just, yeah, he, you know, you can't just sit there and come out on Sky and say, oh, it, it was Everton's fault. Like, it's just, it just looked pathetic, basically. But with Sky Sports as well, um, they're just pissed take aren't they you just need to stop giving them stop giving these idiots you know and these drips the platform to speak up about Everton I mean why did he hate us so much like it's it's like they encourage it it's uh I think it's, I th- I think it's because they know we're such a reactive fan base because we've had it so shit for such a long time and ultimately the fact that we know what our, you know if, if you're going to talk about a brand like we know what Everton is as a brand historically you know, you look at the wall of firsts, you look at the honours, all that stuff. And the fact now that everybody seems to think the football started 20 years ago, we've been left behind with that. We've, we we were the ones punching above our weight. We were the ones who got money and didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You've seen every week there, there's a new thing with us as a fan base. And we're on a knife's edge for so long. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, rightfully so. So we're just an easy target for a lot of feedback. Like it's not just about we're a good story, but you know what? We're we're a fantastic clip clickbait. We I'd say we're we're up there with some of the best. So 
yeah, it's it's frustrating, and we sort of just have to roll with the punches. And then this is where the argument with the club comes in, where people says, "Well, we should be expelling these reporters, and we should be uh, fighting back and putting out statements." But I think the more we do that, the more we give them stories about Everton being huffy, huffy about this, and then this, that, and the other. So it's just it's an endless game. So yeah, we lose if we're silent. We lose if we're vocal. So mm. yeah. Yeah, well, can't wait to see where he ends up and ultimately fails next time. So that'll be a laugh. Um, yeah, just moving on to Alan then, as discussed previously, um, he's he's gone to Al Wada in the United Arab Emirates. Um, it doesn't say, you know, what kind of price. I think I think the situation there was just basically pay him out of his, you know, the year that he's got left on his contract, and then that's it. Like we'll just call it quits. So. Um, Jamie, I'll start with you, mate. What did you make of Alan in, um, you know, in his Everton career? And are you sad to see him go, Lee? Uh, I am, to be honest, mate. Yeah, I, I, I like them. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think we placed. I seen a tweet that was quite good. We replaced the dresser guy with Alan, and replaced Alan with a dresser guy. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, I don't know. He just never really come back from that that injury. He didn't he? Didn't seem himself. He seemed slower. He seemed like he couldn't get around the pitch. As much yeah. as he was when he first came under Carlo, so and I think, I think when he had when he had the core and hammers there, he was like a, I don't know, he just get the ball and give it to one of them. Yeah, you started getting the ball and looking up, and he was Gomez, and I mean, I've got no opinions on Davis. He's, he's good and he's bad some games, but yeah. you look and go, well, oh, what do we do now? So he he sort of give the ball away without, not because he take too long, but yeah, no, and they cut to the same goal, but. As you say, the wages and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think he was on a hundred and well, between a hundred and a hundred and twenty grand a week. So, um, yeah, Gray, it's a lot like, yeah, it's, it's a lot like Gray. Are you, um, are you okay with him leaving? Like, and uh, you know, we've do you think it could come back to bite us in the ass this season if we pick up a few injuries? No, I, I, I'm, I'm like Jamie, I, I, I liked Alan, but. You know, he didn't do anything. Realistically, he didn't. He didn't leave a soul impact. He really didn't. He, he, yeah. Like, um, you mentioned that game against Man City. Like, and I don't even rem- remember it if I'm completely honest. And mm. I can pull some random performances out of my head about Everton. But you know what? Um, in, in regards to that, I, I just don't. He didn't really do anything substantial. I don't remember an assist. I don't. He definitely didn't score. Um, yeah. I think it might have been right player at a wrong age in a wrong midfield. You know mm. what I mean? If you had got him three years earlier, you could have had he could have made a hell of an impact. Um, he joined a disjoint club with a disjointed midfield, and yeah, I, I think if you get a young player, obviously we'll touch on a wee bit later. Uh, Garner, um, Tom Davies can do a better role in there than Alan. To be honest with you, there's a lot more discipline. He's very ill disciplined for me. Um, but obviously that's his game. They they chase and hurry, but it's, that's all good. But if if you find a player's doing that in the pitch, it's you might as well be playing a, a pile of kids that are just chasing the ball. You know what I mean? Against three pros yeah. knocking the ball around, and it, it might sound a wee bit disrespectful, but you know now that he's left the club, you can be brutally honest and just be like, "What were you doing?" You know. But it does sound harsh because he's not bad. He he could be clean and tidy, but no, I think. Brownie will probably crack up with this, but you know, financially it makes sense. You know, you're getting 120 
100 to 120 off the wage bill. We talked about this yeah. before, and and with Gomez, we we did the math in the previous pod, roughly where you you're saving between 10 and 12 million a year. Where we are with profit and sustainability, can we have a player like that? It's not in the plans, mm. on the bench, really. I don't think so, especially a bench that has Decore, has Tom Davies, has James Garner. Yeah, you know the team's gone a different way. It's a lot more high tempo. Allen is not a high tempo player. He yep. is maybe in his own game high tempo pressing, but he he can press the ball, but he he's not going to recover and chase two three men like Onana or Anthony Gordon or what crazily we've even seen Damari Gray do once or twice this season. You know, mm. obviously a Wolverine still speaks for himself, but. It just doesn't fit the system. I think it's wise. It's a shame that we didn't get any money for him because I, I don't think that we did. I think we just paid off so much of his contract. So all the best to him. I really do wish him the best. Um, while he was at Napoli, he got under the Brazil squad and they didn't manage to capitalize on that. So yeah. And 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 sorry, just just to chime on at the end as well with we talk about this. Uh, the squad made up of all different parts and bolts and whatever. Um, he's an Ancelotti player. who's loyal to Ancelotti. Yes, I'm, I would never question his loyalty to Everton by any means. Yeah. But you know, he was he was Ancelotti's man. He brought him in as Ancelotti's marshal in the midfield. Ancelotti's yeah. long gone. You know, yeah. other other managers come in and, and they just be like, well, that, that's not the direction I'm going, and it seemed that way even under Benitez. So, yeah, I'm all the best, him, but uh, good riddance with the greatest respect meant in that statement. Yep, fair play, mate. Andrew, do you, do you feel the same? Because I think we paid uh, 21 million around that price for him about three years ago. So um, are you are you happy to see him go or do you think that was a waste of money? <laughs> um, I don't think it would have been a waste of money if Angelotti had stayed because we would have kept to a more defensive system where... Alon's attributes or perhaps lack thereof wouldn't have been so exposed, but Alon yeah. is not the player for a Frank system that's right. going to play on the front foot. And that's the thing. He's not very fast. Like mm-hmm. at his fastest, he's pretty slow. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. and we've got Davis, who's kind of like a discount Alon who can do that job. Not quite as well. I think Alon is still the more talented player to be sure, but he can do it for a quarter of the wages. So if we need to pull that card, we can. And Davis has been solid, very, very solid, seven out of yes, ten yeah. at least um, for the games that he's featured in. I think, honestly, like I think Alon got a lot of goodwill because the blacked out boots and the mustache and that kind of that old school like bulldog kind of affectation yep. that he had with the fans. Leon Osman and Gun Call up. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> tucking his shirt into his shorts. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah shorts pulled up to his nipples like just old school <laughs> yeah. are you saying that tom davies is basically uh alan with one less ale yeah and that's the only thing I, this week. I apologize that was that was really bad by my standards sorry <laughs> but um no 100k off the wage bill i think that's going to pave the way for a more attacking move uh, yeah. as a transfer in January. I think we're going to go after someone like the Kudus because we've now got wages to spare that we yeah. didn't before. Yeah, that's a good point, that actually. Um, yeah, if that's the direction, then I'm all for it, to be honest. Um, it's just a shame, I think, you know, Alan's whole time, the one kind of moment that you'd pick out was that red card against Newcastle last year. I think that's what comes to mind on, you know, for everyone, which is just a shame that, it, you know, it's summed up like that, isn't it? He had one really long assist that, like, 
shocked me in 2021. I think it might have been to Gray, um, but he just booted it down the pitch. Uh, and it was a perfect, it looked like something Hamez or Dean would have done at their peak. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I didn't know he had that in his bag. Uh, I remember. It turns out he didn't. He just mm-hmm. did it once. Um, <laughs> I think as yeah. well, what I remember of, well, I didn't mind him, but what he has sort of be remembered for is McNeil taking the ball around him and putting it in the top corner. He just, Hi. I, I think that's what he started doing, just diving in. And people got onto him and was just like, just going to knock it around you. And, that was his game. That, he, that was it. Then he was he was sort of snookered. People were knocking it around him, and he, as you were saying, he went fast enough to turn. Yeah, really well put there, Jimmy. Definitely, mate. Yep, turns like a bus. But um, yeah, no, all the best to him. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, just moving on then to the World Cup stuff. I mean, just staying with the Middle East because Hummel's Denmark World Cup kit in that kind of blackout slash red out style um looks really really nice, and we were thinking. Well, why can't we just get an Everton where it's just a blue out kit? But there's a reason for it, actually. So Hummel have actually come out and said it's not only inspired by the Euro 92 kit, it's paying tribute to Denmark's greatest football success that, that year, but also protesting against Qatar and its human rights record. That's why we've toned down all the details for Denmark's new World Cup jerseys, including our logo and iconic chevrons. We don't want to, we don't wish to be visible during a tournament that has cost thousands of people their lives. So, Graham, I'll just come to you first, mate. Um, fair play to Hummel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, it's it's a clever stand he take. Um, it's, it's almost like taking a stand and playing sight, but also hiding the fact that you're doing it. So, um, fair play to them. But just ultimately, too, just 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 to go on a side a side rant about this world uh, World Cup, just as the closer it's getting, the more it's annoying me. And, and you know, the, about the humanitarian things, you know, a couple of you guys know it. Um, I, I lived in the Philippines for a time. Um, my brother and sister are Filipino. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I still family there and stuff. And, you know, a, a large a large uh, number of those that, that, that died there were, were, were we're, we're Filipino men, you know, and I have been in that country and I've seen how hard they live and, and how hard it is. And you know what? It's it's just easy pickings. They all sign up to go and work there as breadwinners. They dig over, they, they work in these conditions. Yeah. Um, and, and as, as sole, sole breadwinners. And when things happen to these people, those families are left with nothing. And I, I've already seen some of the poverty these people live in um for for what what they could end up living in it's just tragic so uh, it just annoys me more and more as these numbers come out to be absolutely honest um i think it's an absolute joke that everyone in football is being interrupted just to pander to the uh united arab uh Emirates just flag just flexing uh their their wealth and, and their, their their movement coming into the just basically you know there more, Qatar? or sorry what i say the well is that not a you part of the yeah no Qatar is its own thing oh my bad my bad um even regardless still um and apologies there but just probably seeing this way way a bit of a hot head but you know what i mean just even they take it away from that humanitarian side which is absolutely terrible six thousand 6,000 workers' deaths, you know, it should have been shut down long ago. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's just an absolute disgrace that it's going to just, 
and I think we're going to see this more and more. Obviously, I wouldn't never ever class us as media, but you know, I think I think you're going to see more people get more frustrated because, you know, supporters they can't drink in the stadiums. They have to they can only sort of solicit and drink in in, in certain areas of of their choosing. There's so many rules and regulations. It's a World Cup supposed to be a street party. You know what I mean? This yeah. This feels like high school or something. I don't know. It's yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, but just um, yeah, I'm just I will watch it because it's football. But ultimately, I just I just think it's a disgrace, and it just shows how pathetic and corrupt FIFA is. Realistically, yeah, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. Well, Hummel have said that we believe sport should bring people together, and when it doesn't, we want to make a statement. So, Andrew, do you uh, do you agree with this, Nanya? Yeah, no, I'm glad. I mean, in their own small way, because no, this doesn't help with the workers that died, but it does highlight it. Um, now that said, I don't know how many, like I'm speaking from an American perspective. I first learned of Hummel when they became Everton's kit maker. So yeah. I can't imagine, you know, they're that well known to people outside of the bubble. Mm. So they might just be like, wow, these are some plain kits. Um, but it, it's, oh, what was it? England. Was it England that said, hey, we're going to talk about uh, the protests about guitar and it's not just going to be a T-shirt and it ended up not even being as much as a T-shirt. It was an armband. Yeah. Everyone's trying to protest while still partaking. And I Mm. guess this is one of the only ways you can do that, that Mm. shows something without it being out and out protest while still showing solidarity. Yeah, yeah. I think Andrew made made an absolutely brilliant point there too because he talked about he only knew about Hummel through Everton, you know, on the world stage, Denmark, you've seen the way they played against France. Um, obviously, the the popularity around Christian Eriksen, he's going to be back now at this tournament, and, and the way he's been playing, absolutely fantastic. Um, some might even say that he's, maybe not single-handedly, but after Man United, the way they have turned a corner since Brentford, they haven't looked back, and he's a massive, massive factor in that. So to go there and not not promote your brand at the World Cup, and 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 just to reiterate, and for Andrew saying like you know, I mean this with all due respect for an American guy who's who's obviously the sport's growing in, in the U.S. massively, and you know again the Chevrons look good. I, I really like Hummel stuff. I really do. I love some of their Scottish second division obscene kits. You know some some of the mad things that they do, but they they actually rob that. Um, not Rob, that's maybe the wrong word, but they actually discard that from the from the design. And everybody loves World Cups and people like obviously I'm from Northern Ireland. So if Northern Ireland doesn't qualify to a World Cup, which is usually the case, yeah. I would like right I, I, and my birthday's usually as well in June when the World Cup is supposed to be. I'll go out and I'll I'll just say, you know what, I'm gonna adopt this and I'm and I'll adopt a team for the World Cup, so I'll go and buy a jersey. The only thing is is that people are sick of these and again almost maybe guilty of it of having these jerseys that just look like vomit after a stag do let's face it um so they've actually came coverage. out with a design so even <laughs> yeah. he, he even in their protest they've actually come out with one of the sickest three sets of kits mm. um the world cup is ever going to see in a modern age uh up to now so but yeah i uh, uh, just fuck this world cup to be honest with you but also yeah. watch it definitely yeah. definitely uh jamie i've seen people 
um, saying, well, you're still going to cash in on it, aren't you? You're still going to, you know, make profits off this kit. Um, it's another example of being seen to do the right thing, but does it actually really mean anything? And are people actually going to take notice? Um, I think it's people have got to take notice. Let's be honest, it's, it's going onto the biggest stage in world football, isn't it? So yeah, you know, if they're going to do it, do it at a World Cup. Um, I, the making money side of things, what you you know, they're a business at the end of the day. But yeah. why can't they also do something that's right? You know, why can't they mm. make money? Look, Adidas and Nike haven't done it, so why are Humble getting singled out for making money? By doing something right, yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't get this World Cup. I'll be totally honest. I, I honestly don't. I, I look forward to the World Cup as much as anyone, and this mm. one's just like, you know, it's like okay, it's here. It's just a damn squab, isn't it? It's just yeah. It's just going to be coming home late nights, putting the telly on, watching you know Mexico versus whoever, and it's just like. Hmm. You know, there's no pubs, no beer gardens. There's not none of that. Like you said, it's it's the summer. The World Cup is the summer. It always yeah. should be that. So it just shows you the corruption and power in football to be like, well, no, that's not happening. We're having it this way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, big time, mate. Couldn't agree more. It just doesn't feel the same at all. It it really doesn't. And you know, the likes of Qatar and I mean, let's be honest. You know, fuck all about football, and their team will be absolutely shit. So. It's just stupid to see. It really is. They'll probably listen. They'll play. They'll probably play against England and smash their head in. But that's another story, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, it it just doesn't feel the same. Honestly, it do, it really doesn't. As Jamie said, it's the, it's a summer thing, and you want to be able to enjoy it with your mates outside in the sun. You know, watching it on a reflected, it's you know washed out because it's really shit quality, and you just want to enjoy it like that and just have a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. Yeah. You're, you're going to have groups of twelve lads standing with Arsene Wenger, England jackets on. You know those <laughs> those sort of Arsenal ones that go to your ankles in a smoke garden. Just I think thinking. in the beer gardens instead of beer, they're getting lashed around in London. It'll be hot chocolate and hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, mulled wine. It'll be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just uh yeah it's it's gonna be crap um i mean i'll still i'm still gonna watch it obviously the, you know of course real, i'm gonna watch it in protest yeah. so just yeah. my view is as they see i guess but no i just joking aside and i know that i go a bit more in depth there and apologies to anyone that just didn't want to hear that but it's just, it's just it's there's just so many wrong factors with it you know and and even if you take away all that as 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 ignorant as, as that is as they do it's just you know everything, everything in its place. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's the fact just that they've changed it again. Just even, and we went over this tons of pods. The fact that they've fucking broke up every single league, even at that. There's leagues that function in certain ways. There's leagues that function perfectly with their winter breaks that helps with the European. And you know what? That's just how it is. Sometimes things just are the way they are. You know what I mean? Um, if you're if if you're unlucky enough to get dumped out of out of the FA Cup, you you get a break in February or March, albeit too late. Um, yep. in England and obviously Germany at Levering, they have we we went their breaks and, and it just serves to their purpose brilliant purpose brilliant and actually helps them compete com- be fresher to take on some of those English teams. And that's not me being ignorant as an English teams are better, but on paper, sometimes when those teams are playing in quarterfinals and semifinals of the Champions League, it's down to the fact that a lot of those teams with that quality, um, 
need <laughs> could do with could, could have done with that break you know what i mean but yeah just to slap this in it's awful we're going to have players high well the only thing where it might benefit us is that you could have a lot of high profile players coming back fatigued and niggling injuries and obviously you wouldn't wish an injury on any player that doesn't play for liverpool but what i'm saying is that <laughs> you want you know these players are going to come back and, and us with uh no european football I'm, I'm, for anyone listening, I'm doing inverted commas saying top footballers because some of those players being selected are absolute tripe. But some of them guys coming uh, coming back with anything could be in our thing in my throat. Oh, I've been sorry for Maguire. <laughs> God love him. He gets too much. But um, yeah, players like Maguire. But uh, yeah, just it's just shit, doesn't it? It's just really shit. We're yeah. going to watch it, but it's shite. Mm. And then yeah. dropping back in and then in Boxing Day, isn't it? Then with the Premier League again. Yeah. And then it's all systems go again, but they they can't be doing this anymore. Just if, if they want to if they want to go east, just do Japan again. That was brilliant. I just think it, I've said before it should be South Africa every four years. Yeah. The movies all out. Shakira, Waka Waka. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. To... Yeah, that was a great world cup. Definitely, she still got it. By the way, um, so yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. Perfectly said. Um, just moving on then to some other stuff and. Obviously, we have to touch on Jordan Pickford again. Um, so apparently, before we get to the England stuff, Man United are deciding whether to trigger the extension in David De Gea's contract. Um, if not, they're assessing their long-term plan and they're keeping tabs on Jordan Pickford, apparently. So, uh, Andrew, what, what do you make of that, mate? And you've just got to tell them to fuck off, basically, haven't you? Politely. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, we should be extending his contract and putting in just absurd release clauses. Yeah. Um, he is absolutely integral um, the way that we play right now. Like, our back line is getting more and more solid by the passing minute, and that might later on allow for a less talented keeper to exist. But right now, when we're playing a little more risk-reward, his shot-stopping ability is second to none. So he stays. You can fuck off. Couldn't agree more, wait, Jamie. Um, you just got to keep him, haven't you? Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I actually don't see what's in it for Jordan Pickford, if I'm honest. Um, you're yeah. England number one, so you're not going for that reason. You, you know, let's be honest. When when Seamus retires, he's probably captain of Everton Football Club. You know why? You know it. it I know where people go. Oh, what's Manchester United? But is he? You know, it's not Manchester United of. 20 years ago or whatever, it's Manchester United of now. So I, I just don't see why he would, personally. It, when you, you've got England from one, he's always going to get out, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that, mate. Um, that's a good point, actually. You know, what's what's in it for him? Um, Graham, how do you feel on that, mate? Um, I, I think Jordan Pickford is our most valuable player, and that's coming from Alex Awoobie's Biggest fan, longest serving Everton fan. Didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I just thought I'd drop it on. No one, no one knows. But um, no, ultimately, like you know, Pickford is. He, he is. He is. We'd have been down. We can talk about Calvert Lewin's goal all we want. We can talk about Demar Gray's goal against Arsenal all we want. You know, there's we're literally scraping the barrel for reasons why we didn't go down last year. Yeah. Whenever the biggest apple bobbin is Jordan Pickford. Now, mm. yes, I get it. Some people don't like him. You know, this is an age-old thing with with uh, 
football fans and footballers, some people just see some things and they just don't like it. And and that's yeah. fine. Everyone can have an opinion. As, as we say, football is all about opinions. If we all thought the same, it'd be absolutely shite. Mm. So, and we'd all be copites. So ultimately, <laughs> Jordan Pickford, right, is a massive choice. And yes, it's a thing. And, and, and Jamie said it perfectly. I was just like, oh, he stole what I was going to say because um, yes, it's not Man United of 20 years ago. Mm. Their stadium is decrepit. It really is. You heard Gary Neville's rant recently too. So there's a lot of changes to come there. But flip that coin. They're fucking Man United. Do you know what I mean? One of the biggest yeah. clubs. Probably the second biggest club in the world. Next to uh, Real Madrid. If, if you really want to be in all with it. So there is that. You know, this is the op- opportunity of a new stadium. Uh, Bramley Moore. And there's the... Uh, Obviously, the project Frank's building and all that sort of stuff, and I get it. He's settled here, though. He can go. He can become ever, ever led, you know, a legend that ever. I say, give him the money. He has, he has, he has earned it. He has seriously yeah. earned it. And yeah, if you yeah. think he hasn't, fair play to you. You're a better man than me because mm. I can't see how he would not have earned the right to be our highest paid player in this yeah. squad. I and I mean that. Um, so I think we should do everything we can to hold on to him. I've been saying this from when I started in spaces and I've been saying this since, since I've been in podcasts. The two hardest things to replace on a pitch are goals and saves. Match one and yeah. saves. Not clean sheets because that's a collective. Match one. Like, like, Jesus Christ. Well, e- even at that, I'm, I'm not busy on the rant. I forgot. So you've, you've got... Uh, I, was looking, I was looking up a stats and stuff here and... You know, like he, even just for this month, just passed, he has two nominations for save of the month. Yeah, he does he has already. Two, two nominations, and then against another, uh, I think it's another six. It's Loris and uh, all the obvious heads are in there, but he has two of them. All right, we yep. have the second. We've actually not the second best now. We have the best defense in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would disagree with, I wouldn't give him the armband, and that's purely because. You just seen a return to Pickford that loses his head with that armband because he's not worrying about his own game. He's looking at everybody else. Yeah. Contradicting himself because it just said best defense in the Premier League. But ultimately, he is if he isn't marshalling that team, and now we have Connor Cody, that's Connor Cody's job. If if, if you were to get a 3D printer and just put in team captain, mouthpiece, animal, <laughs> it'll print you yeah. <laughs> Connor Cody. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's perfect for Jordan Pickford now, and and that's no disrespect to him. I just think some some people are made to lead, some people are made to follow, and some people are made to just do what they do best. And mm. Jordan Pickford to me is one of those. So, okay, vice captain Cody not available. I know it's only one year and Cody's in loan, but that's how I would see it. So I sort of do agree with Jamie, where I'm sort of disagreeing too, but I just think he's so he's so vital. The only thing is United can offer European football. We can't. But obviously under Frank's vision, perhaps we can in the long run. Yeah. But um just terrifying to think. Also, also, sorry. Uh, see, I'm just gonna do one here. But um he's actually top of the goalkeeper match ratings in the Premier League at the minute, too. Yeah. He's actually top of seven uh seven point two six higher than any other goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, on ratings. So Whenever you've got you've got large large Twitter pages, hundred thousand. Um, their name escapes me. I didn't write it down. I just seen there. But you know, and they're saying Everton fans have been screaming Pickford's good for years. And you know what? 
they were right. Yeah. And 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 it's facts. He's he's just grown and he's grown to be a player. And so hopefully we can hold on to him. Yeah. That was that was a hell of a lot for just saying I don't want to sell Jordan Pickford, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fair play though. Honestly, I could I mean I could watch that save against Chelsea last season every single day and not get tired of it. Incredible. Never seen like it. it. Kept us up, kept us up. So yeah, fair play to him. Um, hopefully we can just keep hold of him and just politely tell them to get lost. But just moving on to more Pickford stuff. Then obviously we seen England the other day, three um, three with Germany and Germany had four shots on target that game and scored three goals and Nick Pope had an error leading to one of the goals as well. I mean, the debate's over, isn't it, Jamie? It's Pickford all day long, isn't it? It should be, mate, yeah. Um, but I think it's... Uh, I don't know what it is. I honestly can't put my finger on it. I think the lad must have to go a whole season with clean sheets for someone to go, oh, he's actually all right. Yeah. Um, the Pope thing with Henderson and Ramsdale, they can't lace his boots. It's not even close to go, you know, Pickford has a couple of bad games. He might struggle. Pickford has one good bad game and he's still better than all three of them. Yeah. yeah. He is. 100%, mate. 100%. Andrew, uh, do you agree with that, mate? It's um, no keeper comes close, do they, for England? Not for England, no. The only people that I would put in his calibre um, at the kind of levels that he's performing at are Courtois and Don Ruma. Like yeah. that's it. Nobody else really comes close across the board for the amount of shots that he has to deal with, especially yep. with the defense that uh, Southgate has lined up. He gets a lot of practice and I think he's proven himself ever since. What was it for us? For England, he's been solid across mm. the board, even when he was struggling for Everton. But what was it? January 2021 after Olsen had that stint of challenging him. Yeah. Ever since that moment, he's been nothing but great for Everton. A yep. few, like just a smattering of errors. Nothing like what he was before that moment where he mm. was good for one or two a game. He has been rock solid. He deserves it. And if he had a different shirt on, nobody would be saying the things that they are. Yeah, spot on. 100% mate. Graham, how, how much is Jordan Pickwood worth? How much could we demand? Um, based based on his performance, well, the thing is, we we, we get done under. I don't think. I think if it's Everton selling an English player, the tax probably falls off it. Um, yeah. because just of how things go for us. But I don't know. Um, to be absolutely honest with you, but if you're England's number one, and that if that still means something in football, which which it always has done in the times that I've been obsessed with the game, but. Well, I'm just trying to think. So if Andy Gordon's worth 60 million, you know, if Richard isn't going for 50 million, mm. Harry Maguire's worth 80 million, you know. Madness. I'll never get made around that one. I'll, I'll, I'll say nothing, but I'm screaming a figure. So I'll, you know, be sure to uh, let us know on, on the Twitter page, please. Would you think Jordan Pickford is worth underneath this podcast? I would appreciate yeah. the reading. Definitely. Um, just staying with England, albeit the under-21s. So Anthony Gordon and also James Garner really impressed the other night for the under-21s. Um, Anthony Gordon played 71 minutes and had two assists in that game before he came off. So, um, yeah, just just really, really good to see, isn't it, Jamie? Yeah, brilliant, mate, to be honest. Two lads, so we thought we'd like to see them doing well. 
regardless where wherever they're playing. Um, we, I think we know about Gordon now. We know what he's got. I think he could start. He puts a run together. He could probably knock on the door for for Southgate. But I was impressed with Garner. I just thought I, I just watched him things. I know he's good, and then realised oh, he's actually ours. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I'm really impressed with him. And I read something once. Uh, well, I think it was Bruno Fernandez done a Q and A on Twitter. Yeah. And he got asked what 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 academy player you're looking forward to playing with the most, and his answer was was James Garner. So yeah, I, I think to see that you go oh, well, happy days. Yeah, considering the squad that they've got with the likes of Ronaldo and everything, and yeah. you know, obviously talking about academy players, but at the same time, Man United academy pumps out players, you know, yeah. every mm-hmm. season. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, Graham, you you seen that little clip of James Garner? Mate, he looked he looked solid, didn't he? Yeah, that's all I've seen of it. I don't watch England, sorry. <laughs> it's not only his English, it's just I just I've been watching Northern Ireland, and the rest of my time is swallowed up by children. But um, yeah, just um, yeah, you just seen him. He hit the bar, and then but then two challenges, and just from that little clip, you were like, as Andrew likes to call it, that's slam hardball. You know what I mean? Like that's. That high intensity, you're all in up top. You're all in it. Can we speak here? You're all in an attack, but then yeah. at, at 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 the flick of a coin, you're all on in defense. Mm. You know, so just sharp. I, I appreciate it's under twenty one football, like, and you know, I think this is not to turn this conversation to Anthony Gordon because he's he's been spoken about enough, but I think it deserves to be just mentioned here too that he is playing under twenty one level. So patience wise and stuff, he had a good start to the season. We've been critical. We've been very, um, we, we we've been praising him a lot as well, you know, and uh, just think too, as Evertonians, not telling him what to do. Don't come and try and kill me, but just we need to be patient with the both of them it's, it's going to be hard um it's going to be hard but if you can if you can nurture these um well w- w- what you could get in return could be fantastic because there's they're definitely prospects i actually uh, i've mentioned this a couple of times but there's a fanatical united fan i work with and it was him that put me onto the fact that he as nuts as he is he and other united fans were absolutely devastated that he was allowed to leave the club yeah, and this is one of these guys that wears Man United pajamas. He he once had act, and this isn't a lie. We actually went in a stag do one time to Portugal, and he turned up in a Man United uh, tracks the top with a <laughs> his initials on it, his own initials. So these are a different breed again, right? So uh, you can imagine. So, but he loves and breathes Man United. <laughs> Fucking hope he doesn't listen to this. But uh, <laughs> he he loves and breathes Man United, and he was absolutely disgusted. We actually had a conversation about it again recently. And just mm. he just went into ramp mode. So you know what? I'm I'm excited. If he thinks he's good, it's enough for me. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, Andrew, do you, do you think? Um, would you agree that, with Graham that we you know we do need to be patient? And it is only the under twenty ones. But do you think? Uh, you know, as Jamie said, he could be knocking on the door for the World Cup. Anthony Gordon. Possibly. Uh, I don't think Southgate's going to be looking at him honestly. Um, yeah. It just seems like. Unless you're Pickford, uh, we saw what happened to DCL. He got a little bit of a sniff and then got hurt. Um, yes. But I just I think Southgate really tends to favor the big club uh, players unless you're absolutely transcendent. Um, yeah, and yeah. Gordon is not that just yet. 
Sorry, Andrew. Just uh, Southgate's a, he's, for someone who wasn't a click manager at the start, he's yeah. became a click. You know, you see now with I, I, Ivan Tony, you know, yeah. he just came on because he probably felt pressure to you and he, he didn't get a sniff really, did he? Mm. Yeah. But sorry to interrupt you, mate. No, you're fine. Uh, it just uh, the thing that I saw from the clips one, I'm very happy to see Gordon getting assists because that means he's getting his head up and he's looking for options. Whereas, yeah. you know, the end of last season, even early on preseason and part of this season, I'm tired of saying season, um, he, would, he would try and take it all on himself. His head was down. Gray does the exact same thing, and they happen to be playing on the same front line. So that was frustrating. Yep. But the more he looks for all available options and makes better choices, the more reps of those that he gets, the happier I am. And Garner uh, putting in those challenges, obviously he's very, very talented. I mean, I remember hearing, what was that? United YouTuber guy, Goldbridge. Um, yeah. Furious, absolutely livid about the deal that we got. Um, so there's talent there, but putting in those challenges the way that he did, those are Everton challenges. That's an Everton player. That's the mold that we need, and that's what he's going to get responses from the fans are, and that's half the battle with this team. You get Goodison behind you, it's a nightmare. Yeah, spot on, mate. Couldn't agree more, definitely. Um, just moving on in, um, so... Fabian Delph has retired, that old fan favourite. Um, mm. Graham, some of his time up, mate, at Everton because he, he had 35 appearances over the course of three seasons. Um, I think we paid about £8 million for him initially, which, you know, we spoke about Alan before, but that, that definitely is a waste of money for me. Well, yeah, just as you mentioned, Alan, I'm just going to mention something um, I don't remember as that, but I'm sure we all know him from Spaces. Uh guy on twitter anthony vaughn he's mm. quite quite animated and stuff um yeah i i enjoy, I enjoy his twitter but he actually put a, a tweet up the other day and it got the cogs turning and he said uh everyone was giving delph shit and being like good good riddance even i was and he just wrote up and he goes fabi and delph did more for everton than alan did let that sink in for a minute um and then Maybe that's a counteracting question. I'd love to hear all your opinions on that because I thought it was absolutely brilliant from the lad. Um, definitely got my head turning. So absolutely pathetic in terms of what he churned out. We don't know mm. if the rumors are true that he was declaring himself on fit when he was in fact fit. Yeah. Um, he, he just didn't come across well ever. He was fighting with Everton fans on Instagram, calling them out. Um but when he got on, and when we needed him a couple of times, he, he he always came on and did well. We wanted him to be the next Gareth Garth Barry. Um, we felt we had left back cover with the two. He was absolutely brilliant that first half of the season for Pep Guardiola in his last season there. Um, yeah. We don't know what happened there, but he got froze out then um, and didn't feature again after Christmas. He just didn't after. do the basics, mate, that's why. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't making his runs. Yeah, because <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> Probably. But he, look, ultimately, um, Fabian Delph was a very good footballer um, before he came to Everton. Um, I remember looking at him when he was at Villa. I looked with envious eyes, if I'm absolutely honest. Mm. Um, he went to City. I remember the uproar. I, I, I wasn't in shock. I thought he's a very tidy footballer and he can serve a purpose there. I almost think it's the same sort of sign in the way that City have done now with Calvin Phillips. Yeah, um, you've seen his, you've seen his impact in the all or nothing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that's what we were all like when we signed him. We we're like, we've got a leader. 
we've got this guy that's going to uh, give it to the Everton squad. And then, and then obviously it went that way. And then he, with all that, the thing that just sticks in my head is the, remember the Rasna, who the most skillful player and stuff wasn't, he's just all none, they're all rubbish. You're just like, you're a whopper <laughs> lad. And you know, obviously he told Holgate as well, they have some respect for him in the pitch when they were arguing. Yeah. Did. You know, do you know who you're talking to? Have some respect, mm. you know. Personality of a tenor, I pretty much, yeah. Uh, it's a bit disrespectful. The turn ups, same but, haircut one, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just, going, just going back to it, just and it's my, my question to each of you. And Jamie, I'd love your answer first. Just uh, like, like lad Anthony Vaughan, it, it, it creates really good discussion with that statement, doesn't he? It does, mate, yeah. Um, what is the difference between Delph and Alan? I think with Delph, I think Alan wanted to give you it. I think he wanted to sort of give you everything he had and he just couldn't or his legs wouldn't let him or he just wasn't good enough. I think yeah. Delph sometimes didn't. As you say, you're telling people to have respect for him, you know, arguing with fans on Instagram and stuff like that. So mm. I think... Football-wise, it wasn't that much different. They got the ball, they passed it. They would need sometimes to give the ball away. Effort-wise, I think Alan just got shot just over him because you could tell he wants... He, he's playing for Everton. Delph is just like, I'm here. I'll he's just there, yeah. do a couple of years and then I'll leave, which proved to be the case. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I'd agree with that. I think I'd give more respect to Alan over Delph, to be honest with you, just because... Of Delph's attitude towards everything and towards the fans mainly. It's not. It's not, yeah, but sorry, it's not about respect though. It's who actually made more of an impact. Um, oh right, I see. Yeah, yeah. Who who actually made more of an impact and who done more? And if I, if I the more I think about it, I'm like, in his limited games when it mattered, Fabian Delph did a lot more than Alan. I have to say. Yeah, I think for me, I just Delph really personified that cozy FC situation that we've had for so long where high wages, let's ride this out comfy like, and maybe I'll go to, you know, the Emirates and play for stupid wages 20 times a year after this. He just, he never really seemed to give his all Mm. um, unless it was just utterly an option, not an option to not to. Um, And we see that like his retirement, did he retire right after the season? Nope. He no, waited I, through no. the end of the entire window to see if any offers came in. Nope. Okay. Well, then I guess I'm done. Yeah. So that to me really exemplifies what he was all about. Yes, he was better skill wise than Alan in a lot of different ways, but he just never gave it his all. I think he and Hamez probably stuck in the back comparing calf injuries. And yes, I yeah. <laughs> only only 32 <laughs> by the way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to add as well. I think he's a massive gobshite, Delph. So I'm not actually sitting here. Uh, stroking yeah. back, I just want to say he's a he's a factor, <laughs> no, isn't he? but... he's made a good good question, Anthony. Like he's a he does get the cogs in when you actually think about yeah. the football on the football pitch itself. You think you think well, yeah. yeah. What was the difference? for so fair fair play, Anthony Vaughan for that, eh? yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just moving on then because that's uh, that's honestly you know the most time that I want to talk spending. <laughs> It's been talking about Delft, to be honest with you, because I'm just not asked. Um, so moving on to some more important news then. Um, we got an update from the bubble on uh, Nathan Patterson. So it says 
he's expected to be out for around four to five weeks with an ankle injury. Um, and then he goes on to say in one of the comments, he's incredibly lucky um, given the initial concerns. I've spoken about on a podcast, his ankle was badly swollen and there was more concern for his ankle than the knee 24 hours after the injury, hence a scan on both. Uh, thankfully for everyone, it's weeks rather than months. So, um, yeah, Graham, we've had a, a lucky escape there with Patterson. I mean, four to five weeks is still, you know, a lot. Uh, and, you know, it might put a, you know, a big dent in things moving forward. But, like, you know, I'll, I, Andrew, I'll start with you on this, mate, before I come to uh, um, Graham, because I know Graham's thoughts on Coleman. Andrew, do you think Coleman is more than capable of stepping in? For a month, yes. Yeah. For six, no. Um, I think with the middle two that we have right now, I think that's a massive benefit to Coleman. Uh, Coleman always seemed to kind of get hard done by on set pieces. Like they'd ricochet off him. Just incredibly bad luck with physics he had. Um, But I think with Tark and Cody in the middle, he can absolutely do a job for a month. No problem. He could do it for longer than that too. But I don't think he needs to be route one. And I'm glad he's going to get minutes. Uh, This is probably going to be his final season, I would have to imagine. So, yeah, happy so to see him. Yep. Um, Jamie, do you feel the same? Do you think uh, Coleman can do a good job? And, and are you worried that Lampard might change the system to give Coleman a bit more help on that right-hand side? Um, no, I'm not worried about James Coleman. Um, I, I, to be honest, no, I don't think he will. Uh, only to, purely to the fact that Coleman the last few years has been getting a dog's life. I don't think he's had to be help. Truthfully, I think he, it just sounds really gets totally isolated against these quick wingers. Now we've yeah. got an Idrissi guy and a Wobie and a Onana and a, a, a McNeil. Gray seems to be tracking a lot more than he used to. I yeah. think Shane still got a lot more help than he was the last two years before Patterson sort of come in. Yeah. I think people will sort of... And Cody as well. Cody will sweep up behind him. and I think he'll have a lot more protection now than just leaving him on 1v1 versus you know Mane. Yeah. Yep, definitely, mate. Uh, Gray, you know, you spoke about uh, Seamus Coleman, you know, plenty of times, but he's uh, more than capable of just coming in, isn't he, for a little bit? Yeah, well, the fact that six weeks, Seamus Coleman is fit and ready to go, as far as we know, unless something's happened to him by the way. But, you know, Coleman is, is more than capable of uh, of coming in and marshalling. Um, Guy's made very good points there too. Um, the fact that he's Cody beside him, you see the way Cody and, and Tarkovsky are covering each other, that's going to happen. They're all older, smarter footballers. They know the game. You know, with all due respect, you know, they'll, they'll be able to read what's happening. Um, we've talked as good as Patterson is going forward. No no disrespect to him. You know, he's still waiting on that first assist. Coleman can get forward in this system. The midfield where he, Anana or actually it's a Wobi, I think, plays on the right-hand side, so you, you can have a Wobi dropping in there too to collect the ball. Can give Coleman that license to to get forward and, and put them balls in, those smart balls, those smart runs as well. They're not all crosses. He likes to, likes to play that fake pass. Um, they pull it back five yards. So I really do think that... Uh, the, the and this is what we've been crying for, you know, last three four years. The Coleman should be this player. So when he's called yeah. upon, um, perfect. And I think it's the best of a bad situation that we that we have as well. We Patterson. So maybe our luck is starting to turn just a wee bit. 
Um, so yeah, I have absolutely zero fear of Coleman coming in. I actually think it could complement the squad uh, on, mm. on a short term as well. Gives Patterson a chance to just sort of slow down, you know, and just he, he's got injured at a, at a point. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm trying to find positives, but I'm in no way happy that he's out of the team. But he can look now and reflect at how he was playing. Um, obviously, Tom Davies was out for very long and he studied his game and Everton's game and what they were going to do. And there's talk that Tom Davies put the work in to see how he needed to play and adapt. Yep. It looks like it worked that way. So, you know, maybe like a fast track course for Patterson to say, look, this is what you can sit down now. You have to rest. Here's what you're doing. Here's a compilation of what you're doing. It's absolutely brilliant. Here's a compilation of what you need to work on, what you need to be aware of. Just that looking over your shoulder, you know, things like that. You don't do it enough and, and you watch enough and you sit with, sit with your coaches and, and doing that more when you're not fatigued in training or you're not thinking of a thousand different things or you've got this run and drill later or you're about to go into a pass and drill you're just sitting recuperating and you're like right I, I can really focus on this that repetition of looking at these things you know it'll be standing and that look over the shoulder or oh, text is a voice need to cover me oh, yeah two or whatever so i think i think that's the it's the beneficial part of a bad situation is what i'm trying to say because mm. i'm in no way happy he's out um i think patterson's just absolutely brilliant um i absolutely love the fact that i got a smack in the face I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying this until i forget about it but as i said they go in hard on him after those us games and i still feel rightfully so but yeah pre-season isn't premier league and well just before he got injured he was game. arguably the best right back in the league wasn't he yeah, yeah. it was between him and james really wasn't it mm. well and graham to your point this is the best back line and best midfield that coleman will have played with in years so Bingo. it's not Seamus Coleman covering the Everton of 2020. This is yes. him slotting in with great cover. The two closest players to him will be Cody and Iwobi because of yeah. how we're set up. That's amazing. Yeah. He's going to look great. And I as well, I, I, sorry, sorry, go no, on. You're good. No, go ahead, bit. Oh, I just I think this is the first time we've seen Coleman with a bit of competition. Now, I know people might not say think Patterson's got his yeah. competition for Seamus, but he might go, well, you know what? I'm getting in this team and I'm going to stay in it. Yeah. We're all sort of writing them off like Colin Patterson's going to come in and go, oh, thanks for that cut over and I'll see you later. He might be sitting there thinking, no, I'm going to get in this team and I'm going to stay in this team. Yeah. 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 Good shows. Um, and, and, and just on that too, just reiterate that, sort of the same thing I'm saying. Coleman's best ever Everton performances. And this is coming from when he came back from Blackpool. We'll not talk about beforehand. We'll not talk about Benfica. Jesus Christ. But <laughs> what we will talk about is the fact that Seamus Coleman has excelled in Everton teams that are blood and thunder when everybody is committed to the purpose. That's where Seamus Coleman, when Everton became disjointed, Seamus Coleman became disjointed. And that is not a poor joke about his leg break. That's literally... Where we, we did see it and he came back and when he seen that effort wasn't happening, players like fucking Ashley Williams and Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and oh, just these fucking players that just stand and point and, and they want everybody to do their jobs. Coleman then becomes exposed because yeah. he's running, but people aren't covering, we're not moving. We we talk about this pivot and the game that you know, that moves on an axis, you know, like a pendulum, the, the way it should move around a pitch. We have the most exciting Everton midfield that we have had in my memory and 
a long, long time, potential ways. They haven't achieved anything yet. Yeah, that's fact. But that works. For Coleman to drop into this team with two seriously experienced, vocal, hard-arse center halves yep. suits under a tee. You've got Alex Awobi, who eats Durabel or Durabel, Duracell bunnies for <laughs> breakfast, it seems, lunch and dinner. So that's there to cover. Again, you've got that. We all talked about Decore covering Rodriguez and all this here and just Coleman and Rodriguez working up that right. Yes, we don't have a right winger. I get that. But all that space is there for that inside the early play, which pushes Coleman on. Uh, Wobi can play that defensive game. You've got Adrissa Ganagai. You've got Amadou Nana, who's just growing and growing and growing. This is what I was saying before too, and not to take it away from Coleman here, but I love the fact that people don't know what we have, but we can see it. We yeah. have been starved for so fucking long that we can actually see that we have we have something. We yeah. have had envious eyes on plenty of clubs that we shouldn't even care about. Mm. We're Everton fucking football club, and we're looking at teams like Southampton and Burnley and this, that, and the other, and just thinking, God, I wish we had that. We should yeah. have that because we're Everton. These all still think that we're down on our knees. Mm. We won't fit up, lad. And I'm telling you, it, it's coming. I have so much faith in this team. So yeah. for that team that's committed, they're fucking doing TikToks. The fact that Alex Wobie reactivated his Twitter says it all. They're committed and they're all, they quote Andrew, they're all playing Frank Ball. Frank Ball suits. I don't know if I'm going to keep using Frank Ball, Andrew, but uh, I'm liking it at the moment, <laughs> mate. But, but, but Coleman fits this system of players that are committed and mm. Frank Ball, I'm going to stick with lad. It's a thing now. So he he can only excel, I, I believe, in this. I don't think that we're going to see Coleman caught out bad. And if we is, I'll tear him to shreds in the next couple of podcasts. But I really don't think that we, that we will. He's experienced enough. He's finally fit. He got time yeah. to actually recover. He's been carrying injuries for three or four years. Yeah. You know, a lot of the stuff that comes out from the FAI here and stuff just talks about how, like, they're saying Coleman's needed a break. I remember two or three years ago, they're just saying Everton are killing Seamus Coleman. These mm -hmm. stories have came out. If you Google them hard enough, you'll find them. So, yeah. and he still hasn't had that, that, that reprieve. Cuco Martina, bringing players to get in. Jibril Sidibe, you know, there's no I didn't mind Sidibe. There. He said it on the last one. He wasn't bad. I know. Well, we'll have words about that. He's got his shinies on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a sock with him. But, um, oh, it's a He's a nice just lad on Twitter, City Base. But uh, but no, ultimately it's it's just uh, I really really do think he'll thrive. And you can see, I love Seamus Coleman. I'm getting excited to actually see a bit of the old Seamus Coleman. Yep, and a just, flat back four as well, where he's at his a best. Flat back four, exactly where he's at his best, and he can over overlap, and he can do that Sonic the Hedgehog run where the elbows are tucked under his hips and the <laughs> hands are out and. And then he's starting everybody. More than big man. I fucking love that, you know. <laughs> so no, I just I hope it works out for him. And then, but at the same time, uh, and I just hope it's nice. Yes, he can he can battle Patterson for it. But I have seen enough of Coleman, so hopefully, Patterson's back, fit levels levels in the right area. Thank you, Seamus on the bench. No problem, Frank. I'm right here when you need me. Brilliant. That's what we need from our squad. Our senior players to be like that, and our youth to thrive. So best. Best of wishes to Nathan Patterson and best of luck to Seamus Coleman. Yeah, definitely, mate. Fair play. Um, Andrew, I'll just throw this out. I mean, obviously we know Seamus Coleman is the club captain, but would you would you be tempted to leave it with Cody? Uh, I think you don't mess with a good thing. And right now, Cody has established himself as 
you know, the new spiritual captain. Yeah. I, I, I maybe just out of respect. Um, that's a possibility. I could see him deferring to him. Cody seems like, mm-hmm. you know, he wouldn't want to rock the boat. I don't know if Seamus would demand it. I think yeah. Seamus is also a, enough of a realist. Like, okay, you know, I'm getting up there in years. It's Cody's time. Yeah. And Cody's not young, but you know, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah. I think it stays with Cody. I don't think we mess with that. That's fair play, mate. That's a good point. What about what about you, Jamie? Are you tempted to leave it with Cody, or do you think it's got to go back to Seamus? Um, I think it's got to just stay with Connor Cody. Personally, I think if if if, if Seamus is to come in, do a job, and come out again, I think don't change the captain. Just leave him. You know, I don't think Coleman would mind. I don't. He's not the type of player to go. Oh, captain, I should be. I'm playing. I should be captain. I think he go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then in the beds, you, you're not. I think Arsenal done it a few years ago where it was Aubameyang and Jacket and then you know Odegaard and it's like who's the captain? Who's the leader? You need to go yeah. him. He's the leader. You know, thanks Seamus, thanks for your service, but he's the leader. And you go, okay, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Yeah, fair play, lad. It's um, it's funny, you know, we've been crying out for leaders, you know, the last couple of years. We haven't had any, and now we've got a couple. So, Gray, what would you do, mate? Would you give it to Seamus, like? Um, I no, I, I think I think when Coleman comes on the pitch, he'll he'll get the armband regardless. I think it goes back to Phil Neville days. Phil Neville came in, and we were like, he needs to be captain. But David Weir's the captain. What do we do? So. Mm. David Weir, or sorry, David Weir, um, is doing good at Brighton. But <laughs> um, yeah, basically, Seamus Coleman, club captain, Connor Cody, team captain. You could give the armband to Anthony Gordon. You could give the armband to Damari Gray. Doesn't matter who that armband goes to. Connor Cody is going to do a captain's job at that back. Yeah. And if you're wearing the armband in midfield or on the wing or anywhere, and Connor Cody speaks, I get the impression that you better listen. And that mm-hmm. is maybe something Coleman didn't have. Um, he, he used to get very excited and stuff as well. And he thought he had to fight every battle on the pitch. And as heroic and Irish spirited as that is, I think it's just a case of, you know, Cody will, will keep it cool. You, you kind of see it as we spoke before, you know, Cody saying Starkovsky and he goes and they fight and stuff. And then Cody comes in after and then he's talking to the ref and he, speaks that fast and he's just all action as well. The referees and go, all right, sorry, sorry. And then we'll get a free kick back then in a couple of minutes. But again, just falls into the blend. You can't have enough leaders at the back. Every one of your center halves, fullbacks, goalkeepers on the squad should all be vocal animals. Do you know what I mean? So, and there, I think, I think it'll be good. If you've got Coleman and Cody on the pitch at the same time as well, because Nathan Patterson isn't available, I'll just re, uh, underline and reiterate that. Um, there's a lot of good voices in that pitch. Yeah. And, I, 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 and there's no worries as well. You, you've seen Seamus Coleman as well against Fleetwood. And I did say this before. He was one of the best players in the pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. As he should have been. But you know what? They've not played in that long. They've only came back from injury. Cold start to your season. Still look that good, but even even his passing looks a wee bit better. Mm. You know, yeah. Coleman's yeah. passing has improved. It used to be left to be desired. After all, he only took up professional football at like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, because he played the GAA. But um, yeah, just yeah, I just hope it goes well, and I hope we get some points. 
Yeah. Like Graham said there, the, the armband doesn't make the man. Cody's not going to suddenly shut up if the armband isn't around him. Yeah. He's, he's a strong enough character. They all are. Those back, the Cody Tark and uh, Coleman are all strong enough people that they're going to be themselves no matter what. I yeah. liked what Graham said on one of the other shows, like Cody's kind of the, the disciplinarian and uh, Tark's more of like the, hey, don't tell your mom, like, but they're all going to yeah. have that, that sort of established <laughs> form of leadership. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm grateful that we have that now because we were so bereft of that for so many years and Coleman had to take it all on himself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. And you know what, even, sorry, just as well, like we, I think we touched on it too. And just, just on that, one of my wild analogies there that Andrew touched on, but you sort of had that back in the day as well with Stubbs and Stubbs and Weir, you know what I mean? Stubbs. Mm. Stubbs, <laughs> big angry dad, and, and, and Weir was more the common influence, but still demanded respect. So, yeah, yeah, I, I just think the balance. See, it's just I, not like I'm Delph, just, though. That was different. Delph was like a demanding respect, an abusive <laughs> uncle. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, it, Delph was your uncle knobhead, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, right, well, let's um. Do a little Southampton preview then. So obviously, you know, we're playing away. Um, first question is, you know, are you comfortable that we can get something out of the game away from home? Jamie, I'll start with you, mate. Um, you know, we we know Coleman is coming in, and you know, Begovic will probably play, and you know, Che Adams is probably going to score. That's he always does against Everton. Now that we were linked to him in the summer, but are you confident we can get something out of the game? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, just purely for the fact that. The places we've already been, you know, Leeds, Brentford, them types of places. You know, we get beat there last year. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. And now, even Southampton last season, you'd go into Southampton. You'd ask this 12 months ago, you'd be like, oof, uh, I don't really know. But now I think, well, yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, I'd be surprised if Southampton did score and we can go and snatch a goal. We've seen it in the West Ham game. So why can't we just repeat that? Yeah. Definitely, mate. Well played. It's um, it's nice to see a bit of positivity, Jamie. You're staying on the pod, mate, because <laughs> everyone else is miserable. <laughs> but um, great. What about you, mate? Do you think we can go there? And you know, the confidence is high, isn't it? You know, you've got to feel like we can take it to anyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really do. Um, I, I think one of the, or sorry, two words that I would put into this Everton team now that we haven't seen in a long time is discipline and fearless. Yeah. Um, we tend to be, and we're, and we're constantly growing. We're leveling up slowly in small tiers, but we we are building up um, to be the inevitable identity that, that can maybe not tear the league apart by storm, but can be a, a prominent member in the top half anyway. I really do think that we can push for that this year. Just yeah. the more I've seen the side react and grow. Yes, we've won one. Again, we, we said you can either say we've won one and seven or we're on beating them five. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Two points behind Liverpool. You know, the they all see and all conquering with the best player in the world in every position um, yeah. and, and the second best players in their bench. So um, just Southampton, um, it could be a damn squib. They have conceded first in their last six games running. Um, so it could be an L no. <laughs> if it takes them to concede, they they score. But you know they're not without good players. They actually have the youngest starting eleven all season in the Premier League yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, young players. Um, the young Republic of Ireland goalkeeper Bizanu. 
Bazunu, I think it's pronounced. Bazunu, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he, he's a Man City prospect. He's he, I I have known about him. He's supposed to be a very very good uh, goalkeeper. Um, James Ward Price, um, best dead ball Englishman since Beckham, arguably. Yeah. Um, no one can. No Englishman can have a dead ball like him. To be absolutely honest, it's maybe the rest of his game, but it can be so influential. Shea Adams has two goals this season. Um, yeah. A player we were heavily linked to. Uh, he, he's been doing well for them, you know. And I like Arbo in midfield. You know, play for Rangers. He's a good player, yeah, he's big a good player. lanky, big lanky. I think he's left-footed, but big lanky. Uh, just awkward looking footballer, but I was actually taking a stats. He only has one goal, but yeah, that's still good for a central midfielder. One thing I have noticed about Southampton is that they they play they play to the end. They play to the ninety. Yeah, they don't sit off, mm-hmm. and and they just they sort of remind me of that Fulham team that went down that beat us at Goodison a couple of years ago. It was Scotty Parker's Fulham? Yeah, they just chase and chase and chase, and all that I've seen. I, I, Watched half a Southampton game this season, and the rest has all been pretty much highlights. But just yeah. one thing is to see is like they're moving, they move and press all the time. So yeah. I don't yeah. think it's going to be easy. They have a big fake fat clap as well on the sideline. Um, <laughs> ha- Hassan Hussle, don't don't hassle the Hassan Hussle. I cannot stand him. Remember he got down his knees and like pretended to cry when they lost nine 0 no, Shocking. Twice. Did you remember the last one? Yeah. Yeah, do another one. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, just um, hate having it. Hassan Hussle. Um, don't really like Southampton. Don't really like their fans. And well, just as I mentioned, fans as well. To be absolutely honest here, one thing that we have now in our arsenal that we haven't had in a long time. I'm not saying the away support's been shite. Not at all. Not by any means. Um, we have a fantastic away support. Our away support is unmatched in this Premier League. Yeah. From halfway through last season, you know, like when we went in the corner, we didn't just come out swinging. We came out biting, kicking, screaming, scratching, spitting, everything as yeah. a fan base. From outside Goodison to inside Goodison to away games. Look at Leicester last season. Mm-hmm. You no, know, whenever, whenever the Everton away support is constantly becoming a factor in Sky Sports and Talk Sport and Five Live, it, it just says it all. Our away fans are fucking unreal, and they yeah. will be down there in their numbers. <laughs> um, I, I also do think, you know, that this is going to suit. So we all talked about how Everton played against West Ham, and people had these critical points, and it's a factor I've been saying. This team with Mopayan, yeah, is set up to play away from home. Yeah, it really, it I think, I think it'll really work, and when it clicks, it'll be really good playing on the shoulder. I'm talking about Southampton too, and they press, and they're very energetic, and they like to move up together. If we can mm. catch them on the break with um, Mopai, Gordon, and Gray, with all that space, and Onana breaking, and it will be breaking, we can do some damage in the counter-attack in this game, so I really think that's the way Frank's going to go at it. Yeah, I hope so, mate. That, that seems to be the most logical thing to do. Um, Andrew, who would you see as, as the danger man, mate? Oh, uh, James Ward-Prowse is going to score a free kick. Uh, direct one. Uh, that's just not Begovic's best attribute in shot stopping. Mm. Like he's a master of corners in terms yeah. of what we've got. He just claims them all. Um, he seems to have glue on his hands. He's got them. But a dangerous curling free kick is not something I feel confident with him facing. So yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I, you said he's the best dead ball. I'm just agreeing. Yeah. I know, I know. I just didn't, I forgot about Begovic. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's not, 
<laughs> I think we're going to stifle Che Adams. I really do. I think it's going to be not 3-1. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-1 Everton. Um, but I think James Ward-Prowse 100% scores. Uh, we're going to do a foul on the edge of the box, and that'll be that. Yeah, it'll be Coleman giving away the free kick as well. Alan's been, <laughs> been sold. Although Onana's yeah. got the other, so yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie, you're, um, what, what, what's your team then? What would your lineup be? Obviously, taking into account uh, Begovic and, and Coleman. And I think Mikhailenko will be back as well because he played the full game for the Ukraine after, you know, that he missed that game with, with a little knock. So I think he'll be back. So what would your lineup be, mate? Uh, I think he's got to go. 4-3-3 isn't he really I'd, th- I'd just go Begovic Coleman Cody Tchaikovsky Michalenko and then Garner Onana Iwobi and obviously Gray Gordon and Mopai Yeah you can't really mess with it can you you know it's no. um, if it's worked it's worked and you know Tens across the board with that uh... Yeah spot on mate um, and then Andrew, would you agree with that, mate? Or do you think, you know, the likes of Amadou Onana deserves the rest? Because he, he's came in and played every single game, hasn't he? He hasn't, he hasn't had the rest yet. No, but he just had a big rest. Uh, you got that little break there. Um, and then I think I agree with Jamie's lineup 100%. And then super sub um, McNeil and DCL, see what they can do together, you know, 80 minutes. Yeah, good shout, mate. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see a bit of Calvert-Lewin if he's... If he's fit, like um, Graham, what about your teammates? Is it pretty much the same? Yeah, my my team's the same across the board as uh, Jamie and Andrews. Really, I, th- I think the even in terms of subs, every Andrew. But I'm um, just want to ask you, who's off the bench first, Decore or Tom Davies? I think if you're away from home, well, obviously you don't know how the game's going until there and then. But I hope he gets that sub right, that sub in the yeah. midfield. I think is the question, is the talking point. You know when it when he freshens it up. Yeah, I, I would say away from um, home. Yes, yeah, go on. No, go on, mate. I would say away from home. Davis has that locked up right now. I think he's just better defensively right now than Decore. He's less prone to make a mistake, trying something a bit more speculative. I yeah. think is the word. Mm. <laughs> so I think Davis is the sub, and then Gordon comes off for McNeil. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with that, especially after the. The West Ham game. Um, I know obviously it's Decore's first thing game back in, in a long time, but he, he just looked awful for me. And as you said, they, they, Davis can shore things up a little bit. You know, he's um, he's 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 turning into a little, I wouldn't say reliable, but he's doing things, you know, the same pattern of things consistently, which is good. So, yeah, hopefully um, he gets a few minutes. Um, McNeil, I think, as you said, Andrew, I think he'll come on as he usually does. You know, Gordon, as we touched on previously, um, he, he looked a bit off against West Ham. Jamie, do you, do you think, you know, um, what what did you make of Gordon against West Ham? And do you think, you know, we'll see a different Gordon against Southampton, you know, back to his, his old self, like? Um, Gordon against West Ham was just, couldn't, I think every footballer has them games where nothing seems to just drop. It'll let it, you know, it'll drop to his feet and it'll go one way and it just wouldn't fall for him. I think the argument with Patterson was pure frustration, frustration out of his performance more than, you know, arguing with his man's that. I think he was just like, I'm having a stinker and I need yeah. to sort out. Because after that, he, he sort of run after people through a few tackles in and 
was getting back to his old closing down, getting in people's faces. So I think he needed himself to wind himself up. Yeah. I think he just needs to wind himself up in the first two minutes. And then mm. I think he can't wait for that 60th minute someone to go, come on. He goes, right, okay, I'll do it now. Yeah. Book by then, he's gone. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Great. Yeah. Um, is there a shout to see uh, James Garner? We know he played well in the under-21s for England, but um, would you prefer him over the likes of the Corey? Um, if he's up to the levels, um, I think it couldn't hurt to introduce him, um, if I'm completely honest. Um, we're all dying to see him, but again, just going back to it, he, even like what we were chatting before there about Andy Gordon, he, he's, an, he's, he's, a, he's one of our key players. I wouldn't even uh, disrespect him by saying he's important. He's, he's, a, he's a key player, but he's still a very young player. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying do the whole Moyes wrapping and cotton wool to the point where his head's going to explode, but, you know, just be careful. And they should be not surprised to be taken off and, and be changed up. The problem is we have a bit of lack of depth in our wings. But in regards to Garner, I would like to see him start to get introduced. Um, is like what we seen in that last game from Decoria. Don't care about his injury, you know, coming back from that because you've seen Seamus Coleman come back, come back at Fleetwood and and yeah. other things where, and we're going to probably expect Patterson back as soon as he's as soon as he's fit and stuff. So can Garner come in and do worse than Decoria did in that game and worse than Tom Davies done? I, don't, I actually think Garner coming in on just that snippet the other night, and that's a very bold statement to put on their podcast here, but it, it suits the tempo and style of that midfield that is there. The fact that he played that high tempo, you've seen the reaction on Twitter. I've admittedly said I didn't watch it, so it's just a case of... I, I do think that he could come in style-wise and be an obvious replacement. It's just how we nurture him, really. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, okay, so let's go on to predictions then. So, Graham, obviously we, we heard yours, and, and Andrew, you usually go 3-1. So, Jamie, I'll come to you first, mate. So, what's your prediction, mate, for the score? Um, 2-1. 2-1, nice. Yeah, I'd like to think we can shut them out, but as Andrew said, we still haven't learned from corners. I know we've got Cody and Tolkowski, but we'll be seeing a bit... And, that James Ward pouch, he can ping the ball wherever he wants. So yeah, I think we've got to watch out for that. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, it's a good point. Um, I I just hope if we do have some corners, you know, we, we've looked a lot better. We have looked a lot better, especially against you know West Ham. I think they had fourteen, but you know there is that that possibility. Like um, Andrew, are you, are you sticking with your three one, or do you want to say two one this time? I'm saying two one this time. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Um... I think Mope can do some very real damage, and I think Gray's got one in him again. Yeah. I think Gordon, I would love to see him find the back of the net again, but I think mm. right now, at least it might have just been West Ham because that was at the end of a run of games, but Gordon doesn't seem to have an option other than playing at a 10 effort-wise. It's kind of yeah. one of those twice as bright, half as long situations. He runs himself into the ground, and yeah. it's not that he doesn't have endurance. I just think he's a bit inefficient with his energy consumption. Yeah, uh, remember Iwobi said something about that when he first started playing really, really well. Frank put an arm around him and said, "Hey, maybe don't go all out all the time because you've got ninety in you." I think Gordon could learn a lesson like that. Yeah, spot on, definitely, mate. Uh, Gray, your prediction? You saying two 0 then? 
Yeah, two now. Just to touch on the Gordon thing, and where I do agree with Andrew there, but I think as well, um, he has to find that balance because he can't lose his identity as well. Mm. So, no, but it's a very, very good debate that Andrew's putting there, and and Jamie's mentioned there too earlier. Like, but um, and where I agree, he needs to he needs to plateau and 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 find that balance, but he, he can't lose too much of that because that is a lot of of how he. Like you only look, you look at the stats across Europe for attacking players. I think towards the end of last season, he, he was like he was right up there in the mix. Um, yeah. I don't have the numbers, so I'm not going to I'm not going to say exactly. But you know, he, it's, it's it's everybody's different. Like you hear Alex Obi talking about his blood. There's like levels in his blood that are different. That actually finds that he can run and push more and give him. Uh, Anthony Gordon could be the complete opposite end of the spectrum. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's just about him finding that balance, plateauing, and, and and just doing that. But yeah, I'm still I'm still going to stick with two 0 as well. Mm. Um, Ward Price to roll his ankle in the first two months, please. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go for one nil, and I'll tell you why. So Southampton have lost their previous two league games one nil. So I'm just going for one nil. I think. Cody and Tarkowski can get another clean sheet, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. So well, one... yeah, that's that's fair too, John, because we we have the best defense in the Premier League, and Begovic yeah. came in and Begovic, he looked good against West Ham. Yeah, he looked okay. Lampard, yeah. Lampard said it too. He says, "I don't have a backup goalkeeper. I've got two number ones. Mm-hmm. Might yeah. be going smoke up Begovic's arse. Who knows?" But I wasn't worried with man, honestly. Yeah. Were yeah. any of you guys worried when he went down against West Ham, Jamie? Sorry, were you worried when Begovic went in against West Ham? No, not at all. Uh, not at no. all. I think, I think he goes in most Premier League teams. I know he's uh, uh, old and things, but he's a as Frank said, he's he's a number one. You know, he's, yeah. he is a number one. He's just got unfortunately. He's, he's just a Begovic different style, isn't he? Yeah. Is that is that Goliath and presence? Yeah, yeah, and he's experienced as well as you know. We've got Jordan who makes a save, stands up and screams at everyone in the crowd. But Pegovic doesn't. You stand up and you go right. You get there. You get there. I'll sort this out. And I think that's the balance that we've got. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sell Pickford. And Cody and Tarkowski have got something to protect as well. With already having two clean sheets now on the bounce, so. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we can get another I don't one think there. I've never seen two defenders hate conceding attacks. Never mind goals. You can see <laughs> in the face when they concede like a corner. It, yeah. it, yeah. it does the in yeah. and it's like, wow. You know, it really does the in when the corner gets conceded or a stupid foul or a throw in. You can see them angry. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely that mold of like perfection is the goal, excellence will be tolerated kind yeah. of thing when it comes to defense. Yeah, it's, it's like whenever you, it's like whenever you used to play the game, you used to play Saturday or Sunday league, and uh, you get these two big Arsenal centre halves. I, I was usually one of them, and uh, <laughs> guys will be scoring away upfield, and then they start getting lazy, and then the, mm-hmm. the centre halves kick up. You've got your goals. We want our clean sheet. Yeah. Help us, or we'll not help 100%. you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's nearly back to basics that way too, which I love seeing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully that's the case. Um, so we're actually level on points at the moment with Southampton on seven. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a double header actually. So hopefully we can get those points. Um, 
And Brownie has a good trip, otherwise that's that's a long, miserable trip back. It really is, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully yeah, um job done. Yeah. Uh Graham, Andrew, Jamie, thanks for joining me. And um we'll see you in the next one. Evan, aren't we? Evan, are we? Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Evan Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with all your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can also catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss with us, you can reach us via email at eawpodcast at gmail.com. This show is sponsored by 3 Transport Refrigeration Limited. They offer refrigerated transport breakdown coverage nationwide, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Check them out at www.3trl.co.uk or give them a call on 01925 Go ahead and check them out for all your refrigeration transport needs. Catch you in the next one, guys.